On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll give you the lowdown on Boz and look into some hitters who are salvaging their seasons. Like death and taxes, Dodgers get a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three cold uh, brews yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15 on The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15, presented by Topps. Check out Topps Project 70, celebrating 70 years of Topps baseball cards. Al Melchior here with Derek Van Riper. This is for Monday, September 20th, and we got a big, big show here. A lot of stuff to get to as we kick off the week. So let's do it in a big way here, uh, anticipating the debut of Shane Boz for the Rays. On Monday against the Blue Jays, DVR, of course, we talked about this a lot on the Sunday waiver show. Uh, pretty cool to have a, uh, a prospect of this caliber uh, up this late in the season. A 2.06 ERA split between AAA Durham and AA Montgomery with 113 strikeouts against 13 walks in 78 and two-thirds innings. Uh, with those kinds of minor league numbers, uh, how much reservation would you have about starting him in, say, a 12-team league for Monday? Not much because he has dominated double A AA and triple A. I mean, we've seen improvements to the strikeout rate this season. We've seen a major improvement in his walk rate compared to where he was at uh, prior to 20, prior to this season in the minor leagues. I mean, this is really a can do it all sort of long term starter for me. I have no real doubts about the skills. I think the workloads recently have been encouraging too. He threw six innings last time out. I only say that because they've been pretty careful with him throughout the year, but I get the sense that the Rays had an eye on some sort of role for Boz either down the stretch or into October. Maybe he's more of a multi-inning reliever on this team come playoff time, but I think if he's pitching well in that start against Toronto, there's no reason why they wouldn't let him go 5-plus given where he's at in his season and how they've handled him so far. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Let's get on to some other developments here. Uh, For the Padres, Blake Snell and Chris Paddock, both likely done for the regular season. So, you know, of course, that's sort of a formality at this point with just two weeks left, but uh, probably can't count on either of those starters for the rest of this year. That is not necessarily the case for Hunjin Ryu. He went on the IL with neck tightness. We'll miss one start, but possibly just one start. Uh, his turn would come up uh, on Wednesday for the Blue Jays. It'll be probably either Ross Stripling or Thomas Hatch, or maybe both of them uh, filling in for Ryu uh, against the Rays on Wednesday. Uh, some developments for the Tigers. Derek Hill placed on the IL with a left knee sprain. He is likely done for 2021. In some corresponding moves, Tigers brought up Daz Cameron and Isaac Paredes from AAA Toledo. Uh, I know, DVR, you've talked in the past about liking Paredes and also being uh, a little frustrated with the way the Tigers use him. Is this maybe the time uh, this late in the season to to see about picking him up, at least in some deeper leagues? Yeah, I'd love to see them back off Nico Goodrum's playing time for the next couple of weeks just to see what Paredes can do, shuffle guys around, find whatever defensive position you want to give him a look at and give him a look there. But I don't know if I would pick him up outside of AL-only leagues and any sort of league where there's a you know a long-term keeper component, whether that's a deep keeper league or a dynasty league. I think he fits okay in those formats, but definitely a guy that has not received the opportunity that I would have expected this season. 
Yeah, uh, I think a lot of us are in that same uh, that same category. Cubs making some moves, uh, activating Nico Horner and Keegan Thompson. Both of them started on Sunday, although Thompson only went a couple of innings. But imagine that uh, he'll see uh, maybe another start or two before now in the end of the season. Horner, I, I don't really see any obstacles to his playing time. So in comparison with Paredes, would you feel better about picking him up, maybe uh, you know, moving more towards the shallow end of the spectrum? Yeah, I mean, I think if we're talking about a 14-team league or deeper, I think Horner can play. I think in longer-term leagues, there's still a little bit of appeal. Lots of questions about whether or not he's going to have game power. I think the hit tool's fine. He'll run a little bit. He'll hit high in the order. So there's enough there where you can make him a late-season pickup. But I don't know if Nico Horner has any sort of appeal for me in your 10- and 12-team mixed leagues at this point. All right. Uh, we got a couple of hitters uh, that I think you know, you're know you worth checking in on uh, to see if there's maybe some updates uh, right before lineup lock. Uh, Wander Franco, he's been on the IL, of course, with the hamstring injury, but he could be activated uh, right around the time he's eligible. That would be Tuesday, so possibly maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday activation, but not clear at this point. So um, you know, not, not a slam dunk necessarily to use him this week, but Willie Adamas looks pretty certain he'll be back on Monday. Uh, so definitely keep a close eye on that for the Brewers and also for the Brewers, Brett Anderson, he is ready to return, but not clear if he'll be starting relieving or when he might slot into the rotation, but maybe just maybe, uh, Anderson starts on Wednesday against the Cardinals. Johnny Cueto is going to, uh, throw a bullpen session on Monday and could pitch in a rehab game for AAA Sacramento sometime this week. So we may see Johnny Cueto again for the Giants sometime, uh, in what's left of this year. And now a couple of uh, relievers, well, former starters who at least uh, will uh, pitch in relief if we see them this year, Luis Severino and Noah Syndergaard. Severino could be activated very soon, just within a matter of a few days, uh, would almost certainly be used in a long relief role. Noah Syndergaard also possibly he could return for the Mets sometime this week. Now, in terms of some some relievers uh, who are maybe a little bit more fantasy relevant, Gregory Soto placed on the IL by the Tigers. He is likely done for 2021. I was just presuming DVR that it be Michael Fulmer's, you know, saves, uh, you know, pretty much all to him. The Kyle Funkhauser getting his first career save for the Tigers uh, at Tampa Bay on Sunday. So what do we do here? Maybe, you know, pick up Funkhauser in a league where there's just no saves to be had, or is is it worth anything at this point? Yeah, it's probably about the only situation in which I'm interested in him. I mean, Fulmer, I, I think he's a good reliever at this stage of his career. I don't know if he would close on a contending team. We know the Tigers are pesky. We've talked about that on other pods as well, but I don't know if there's a whole lot actionable with this pen at this stage of the season. All right, and the Red Sox pen still looks to be even more wide open maybe than we thought before Garrett Richards getting into the mix with the save against the Orioles on Sunday. So no clear favorite there uh, that I could see anyway uh, in terms of getting whatever saves are left this season for for Boston. So let's take a look at some of the standout performances from Sunday. Uh, I'll start with the pitchers and Frankie Montas. Not much actionable here, but worth noting that he's just been fantastic over the last half of the season or so far. Uh, seven scoreless innings against the Angels. Yes, I know it's the Angels, but just one hit allowed so just a totally dominant performance seven k's four walks so over his last 13 combined 97 k's over 80 and two-thirds innings uh, a 234 era so does this change anything for you going into next year uh dvr uh, where where might you be looking to target montas 
I'm a believer. I mean, I think he's probably a top 25 starting pitcher with room to finish a little higher. I think the the inconsistency at times with the splitter is frustrating, but I think we're seeing enough of him. If you kind of go back to 2019, Frankenstein, everything he's been doing from the last two seasons he's pitched all together, the last three seasons, I guess it would be now, there's more good than bad in that profile. Plenty of Ks. It's a pitcher-friendly environment. The AL West has enough soft landing spots where there's very few matchups where you even think about putting him on the bench. So, yeah, I'm in on Montes going into 2022. All righty. Uh, Willie Peralta, of course, uh, earlier in the week, he had uh, the Battle of the Peraltas and, and really held his own against Freddie and the, the Brewers. And on Sunday, uh, another tough matchup and uh, coming out of that one really well, too. Seven scoreless innings for Willie Peralta. Uh, three hits allowed, three strikeouts, three walks. That's, you know, maybe not the zero runs over seven, but otherwise, like just a, a classic Willie Peralta line doing it with a lot of ground balls. He's got the Royals this week on Saturday, DVR. How shallow can we go with Willie Peralta? Maybe down to 10 team leagues even in that spot. Innings aren't a concern. He's missing a decent number of bats. The ratios aren't horrible. It's all about that splitter for Willie Peralta. Ever since he got that pitch working, he's been a completely different guy than he was for the last couple of seasons as he sort of bounced his way out of the league. Yeah, yeah, just an incredible story this year. And then uh, going up against him for the race, Shane McClanahan. First start for him coming off the aisle. Very, very encouraging one. Seven strikeouts over five innings. Just one run allowed, two hits, two walks. Uh, so his next start, not clear, uh, to me, I guess if you just assume that the Rays are, uh, going to go with uh, a six man rotation, I think that would uh, line them up for Sunday against the Marlins. But, uh, yeah, with Shane Boz in there, I, what do you do with McClanahan this week? I mean, can you assume he's going to make a start? Oh, I, I would think they give him something. It's a long enough layoff where by the weekend they'd want to throw him, even if it's on extra rest. So I'm erring on the side of playing him. I mean, obviously, if you're looking at a, a roster full of useful alternatives with even good or decent matchups, maybe you err on the side of caution and say they're going to play some games and try and keep him as fresh as possible for the postseason as well. Um, but I think you can trust McClanahan this week. So even if they're going six deep in the rotation, he should get a turn in that Miami series. All right, and that's a nice matchup, obviously. A couple of pitchers who uh, did well on Sunday and have had some success uh, in other starts recently, Eli Morgan and Paolo Espino. Morgan against the White Sox, uh, six innings deep, one run on six hits, no walks, three strikeouts. Uh, I'm sorry, that's good to Yankees. He's got the White Sox coming up this week. So uh, going from one uh, tough matchup to another. Espino going five and two-thirds, scoreless against Colorado. So that's Colorado in D.C. Uh, very, very favorable matchup, but seven strikeouts. Espino over his last five starts now, including that one, 32 Ks in 27 innings. Uh, he's got the Reds, though, in Cincinnati. So Espino probably been the more consistent of the two recently. Both obviously carry some risk. Yeah, if I had to use one of them in season long, Espino would be the guy, but I'm more likely to stack against both of them in DFS. I think I'm going to set a lineup on Friday and just load up Reds against Paolo Espino and hope that regression is uh, in my favor that day. Yeah, now I would uh, be more certain about that than trusting him in Cincinnati. And speaking of Cincinnati, Wade Miley uh, in that start, um, not, uh, well, I'm sorry, his, in his start, Wade Miley for the Reds against the Dodgers. Uh, not very good for him, uh, giving up six runs on nine hits, uh, three of those hits home runs over just three innings. So his last two home starts, he's given up a combined six homers. He's got another home start this week against the Nationals. So I've been very supportive of Wade Miley all year long. I've trusted him, but I, I'm really pretty nervous about this one. 
Yeah, I don't love the matchup. We talked about this on the Athletic Fantasy Baseball podcast. That Nats team is not as bad as you'd think they are. Uh, it's definitely not an easy start, even though it's a home start. I think Miley's kind of borderline for me this week. I'm probably playing him if I'm chasing wins, but I'm probably sitting him if I'm trying to protect ratios. All right, and a few hitters here. Eddie Rosario with a cycle uh, against the Giants in San Francisco. Jared Kelnick, uh, three for four with a home run and a couple of doubles. Gavin Lux, also three for four with his seventh homer of the year at Cincinnati. Lewin Diaz, somebody we talked about on the Sunday show, two for four with his sixth home run of the year. Uh, All four of these hitters going very, very well lately. Um, Rosario, Kelnick, Lux, Diaz, uh, finishing strong. Anybody you would avoid this week? Not necessarily. I mean, I think each of those guys, there's an incentive or a path for him to play at least something close to the role we've expected. With Rosario and Kelnick, they're going to play a ton. Lux will probably sit against lefties, but he goes to Colorado. So that adds some appeal for the week. Even if he doesn't get six or seven games, if he gets four or five, that might be enough to put him over the top in some weekly leagues. You know, AJ Pollock's injuries would open the door for Lux to play a lot more. So it's not like they have another situation where there's a log jam there's not a spot that he can sort of call his own you know Diaz of all these players is probably just a notch below on a skills level but if the playing time stays steady I I don't see any reason why you can't throw him out there liked him as a prospect just waiting for that power to keep showing up at the big league level Yep, and Rosario, uh, yeah, definitely playing time for him this week with the Braves uh, scheduled to face six righties out of seven games. Real quick here, Monday streaming options. I'm just going to lay these out really quick for you, DVR. Eric Fetty and Jesus Lazardo going against each other, Nationals, Marlins. And then we got, uh, of course, Shane Boz against the Blue Jays. Nestor Cortez might be out there. He's got the Rangers. Tyler Anderson at Oakland. Jake Woodford at Milwaukee. Brady Singer uh, expected to come off the COVID IL and face a slumping Cleveland offense and Dylan Peters at Cincinnati. I know you don't like Peters. Anybody else here you don't really trust? I'm not really into Fetty most of the time, but I guess you could talk me into him with the Marlins matchup. That's good enough. Where I'd actually rather use Fetty than Brady Singer, given the choice between those two. You know, I think Boz and Cortez and Tyler Anderson are clearly uh, better than the rest of this group. I would say Jake Woodford of the bottom four is the one that I like the most. I'd go Woodford over Fetty. And then I'd put Singer and Peters as the last two on that list. I guess if Jesus Lazardo is part of the question too, Lazardo probably slots in ahead of Peters and behind Brady Singer right now. But I could argue him a little higher, I guess, if you made me do it. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Instead, we'll go on to a handful of some uh, injured players who present some start-sit dilemmas uh, on Monday here. Uh, Kyle Tucker leaving uh, the Astros game on Sunday with shoulder discomfort. Joey Gallo missing the game on Sunday with a tight neck. Michael Brantley uh, coming off the IL, but um, probably not till till midweek. So I think that's actually probably a, a, a pretty easy call. Avisael Garcia has not played since Tuesday. And Kyle Seeger, he's dealing with the sore elbow. He did not play on Sunday. So maybe with the exception of Brantley here, um, anybody that you would shy away from because of injury. Yeah, I heard that Garcia is supposed to return during the Cardinals series while watching the Brewers this weekend. So I'm cautiously optimistic that his lengthy absence will actually come to a close early in the week. Um, So of that group, I'm actually fairly optimistic about everybody. I guess maybe Seager would be the guy that I'm more concerned about because there's not much at stake. The Mariners can't really change anything about the outcome of this season. They're not playing for home field. They're not playing for a playoff spot at this point. So Seager's the guy that I'd be most careful with. 
Yeah, well, that uh, that makes sense, certainly. So a lot of information here. Hope it helps you out. But that's going to be it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you do have a chance to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, uh, we thank you in advance for doing so. So for Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melker, and we'll be right back here on Tuesday. <laughs>